Hello and welcome to the State of the Fleet Industry, a weekly video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. I'm Mike Antich, editor of Automotive Fleet, and today I'd like to examine what's occurring in the fleet industry for the week of November 1, 2021. And there's no question about it, this has been an extremely busy week with a lot of news being generated within our industry. And the question I ask myself is, where do I start? You know, there's been so many newsworthy events in the past week, such as the Ford and GM third quarter earnings reports and the Wheels-Donlin merger announcement, that it makes it difficult to try to cover everything in just a 10-minute video. But I'll give it a shot. So here's my report. So last Wednesday, October 27th, we had the third quarter earnings reports from both Ford and General Motors, which provided a really good directional insight about their trajectory of the automotive industry and what might be ahead of us as we enter the 2022 calendar year. So let's start with the Ford presentation and discuss what Ford terms are external ambiguities in the 2022 calendar year that can impact the automotive industry, which by default will also impact the fleet industry. So what are these external ambiguities? Well, a good place to start is by defining the term. Um, so when you use the term external, it implies forces that are outside of the automotive industry that are outside of our direct control. And when you use the term ambiguity, it indicates uncertainty, and in particular, uncertainty as to how these external forces will play out in future months. And the first external ambiguity cited by Ford, to no one's surprise, is the ongoing constraint on the availability of automotive microchips. And admittedly, semiconductor supplies are improving in North America, but supply chain constraints continue to be dynamic and volatile. And these aren't my terms. These are the two terms used by both Ford and GM to describe these constraints, dynamic and volatile. But it's important to remember that this is a global shortage of semiconductors affecting a multitude of industries and not just the worldwide automotive industry. And as a student of the fleet industry, I remember one of my professors while attending college advocating that to truly understand history, you have to go to the source material. And in the case of the microchip shortage, the source material resides with the, within the semiconductor industry. These are my go-to sources. And here's what one CEO of one semiconductor manufacturer, Marvell Technology, said on October 3rd, 2021, during a CNBC Technology Executive Council event. And to quote the CEO, his name is Matt Murphy. He said, quote, the painful period of the semiconductor chip shortages could extend beyond 2022, end quote. Well, beyond 2022, that puts us halfway into the 2023 model year. And does he foresee this painful period continuing even then? And another external ambiguity cited by Ford during its third quarter earnings report are the inflationary pressures on both direct and indirect costs. And in its report, Ford said its commodity costs are expected to be up $3 billion to $3.5 billion for the full year of 2021 and could increase another $1.5 billion in 2022. And in my mind, this is the big story. The across the board upward pressure on fleet costs is one of the key trends that will impact the fleet industry the most as we go into the 2022 calendar year. Most commodity prices are already up. Uh, fuel prices are up 34% since the end of 2022, and fuel prices are now at their highest in the past seven years as demand 
continues to outpace supply. And likewise, the price of raw materials to manufacture various components, such as replacement tires, that's now up three to 10%, depending on the type and size of tire you acquire. And you find higher commodity prices are impacting what you pay for upfits. And likewise, new vehicle production constraints and the ongoing strong end user pent up demand is putting upward pressure on vehicle acquisition costs. Fleet incentives have decreased. And to put it bluntly, there's no need for an OEM to incentivize buyers when buyer demand exceeds production volumes. And likewise, buying vehicles out of dealer stock is now at MSRP. That is, of course, if you can find a vehicle to buy, plus the price for replacement parts and labor rates are up on average 4 to 8%. And in addition, there are longer uh, repair lead times due to the shortage of spare parts, of many spare parts, and that's increasing downtime costs and impacting revenue generating assets by lowering their utilization rates. The bottom line is that it's getting more expensive to operate a fleet and fleet managers need to factor this into their upcoming budgets. And while all of this happened last Wednesday, you know, the very next day, Thursday, October 28th, we get a bombshell announcement that Wheels and Donlin are merging. I mean, who says you can't keep a secret in this industry? This was a complete surprise to many in the industry, including some high-level managers at both Wheels and Donlin who learned about it only hours before the public announcement. So what impact will this have on the two companies and on the industry as a whole? And the reality is that it's too early to tell because the announcement was just made four days ago. You know, there've been very little details provided other than Shlomo Crandis, the prior CFO of Wheels, will now be the new CEO of the merged company. And the two companies have a really strong bench of management talent, among the best in the industry, in my opinion. And when you have such a wealth of talent, you know, who do you select to lead the new venture? And I think Shlomo is an excellent choice uh, to be named CEO of this, um, this new entity. And his selection provides clues as to the vision of the new owners on the future of this consolidated company. And what I hear is that Shlomo's leadership style is measured and analytical. And it's the kind of thing that's necessary for the integration of two world-class companies. But as of this report, there are many unanswered questions that still remain. For instance, there's yet to be an announcement on the leadership team of the merged company. And understandably so, this requires careful deliberation, creating, new, uh, creating a new leadership team that's complementary to the strengths of the two merged companies. That's going to be a Solomon-like task. And although it's a difficult task, it's been done before. And a good case study to examine within our industry is how Christy Webb, then president and CEO of Element Fleet Management in 2015, successfully weaved a senior management leadership team from the merged legacy companies of PHH and GE Capital Fleet Services. And in addition to this, there are still other questions that are unanswered, but will be in the coming weeks and months. So for instance, how will the companies uh, go to market? Is it going to be Wheels, Donlin, Donlin Wheels, Athene, or some entirely new uh, name? And what impact, if any, will this merger have on the separate and unique global fleet alliances of each of the two companies? 
But the 800-pound gorilla in the room is the question of integration. The difficulty with all mergers is the backroom integration of the two companies. And I'm sure in the interim, the two fleet management systems will operate in parallel, but eventually this merger will require an integration of the two fleet management systems into ultimately one system. One thing is certain, as of today, there are more questions then there are answers about the announced Wheels and Donlin merger. And we'll keep you up to date as new developments occur. And with all of this going on in the fleet industry, it doesn't seem like things are getting any easier for fleet managers. And I recently received an email from a retired fleet manager. And after watching a recent video, he emailed me that he was glad that he's retired. And, and here was his quote in his email. He goes, quote, after listening to your state of the fleet industry reports, I am so pleased to be retired and out of the fleet arena. Back in the day, sure, we had our problems and issues, but nothing compared to what fleet managers of today are dealing with. And with that, I can only say amen to that. Um, but with this final comment, I'd like to conclude my State of the Fleet Industry presentation for the week of November 1, 2021, and look forward to talking with you again next week.